You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast with your host, Marie Elizabeth. This podcast will uplift and thrust you into the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Go ahead and type in that chat real quick and let me know that you hear me. You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast with Marie Elizabeth. Again, go ahead and type in that chat and let me know that you indeed do hear me. Thank you so much for joining me on today. I am so glad to see each and every one of you. Thank you so much, iTunes Radio, iHeart. Thank you so much, Alexa, for alerting people that I'm on. I appreciate everyone for joining today. Thank God for you. Listen, get to Second Chronicles 16. We're going to get started. Get to Second Chronicles 16. Second Chronicles. Get to Second Chronicles 16, and we're going to get started. Again, you are listening to the Manifesting God podcast with Prophetess Marie Elizabeth Kenyon. Today, we're starting now in Second Chronicles 16. Do you all hear me? Go ahead and type in that chat and let me know that you hear me before I get started and have to stop and start again. Try a little something different today. Go ahead and let me know if you hear me right now. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, let's go ahead and get started. Let's go ahead and get started. Second Chronicles 16 says, in the sixth and 30th year, thank you so much, of the reign of Asa, Basha, king of Israel, came up against Judah. Basha, king of Israel, came up against Judah, and he built Ramah. Ramah is a place of battle between Syria and Israel. So he began to fortify, fortify the area with what he was going to need for battle, for battle, to battle against Judah to the intent that he might let none go out or come in into Asa, king of Judah. So he was, he was uh, building around them so that nothing could get in and nothing could get out. But he just started the process. So there still was time. He was building. He was building. Verse two says, then Asa, he brought out, we're talking about King Asa of Judah. Then Asa brought out silver and gold out of the treasures of the house of the Lord and of the king's house. And he sent to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria that dwelt in Damascus. So he gathered the monies out of the house of God and out of his own house. And he sent that to Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria. So what he did was King Asa, he gave away the substance. He gave away the substance from his house and from the house of the Lord. See, this spirit, King Asa, not only submitted himself to another, but put the Lord, the Lord God, the possessions of the Lord God in a position of submission to an earthly king, as if God required rescuing. 
as if God was not Jehovah Nisi, mighty in victory. He took from the house of God, the silver and gold, and he took from his own house and he went to go get help. He went to go get help. Verse three says, there is a league. There is a league. That means the Greek word. There is um, that Greek word is bereath. There is a league, uh, a covenant, an alliance, and a pledge, a pledge. Stick with that word, a covenant. There is a league, a covenant between me and thee, as there was between my father and thy father. He understood covenant. And King Asa here understood how to execute that covenant when needed. He knew this. And we know that he knew this because according to Second Chronicles 15, 12, where, um, where, let's see, let me go to that real quick. Second Chronicles 15, 12, it says, and they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. So King King, the king of Judah, King Asa, he's very familiar with covenant. Why? He already has one. He has one already with God. But when he saw that war was about to be waged against him, against Judah, he went for help. He went and sought another covenant. He went and he sought another covenant covenant and not only did he go and seek that covenant but he took God's stuff to secure it he took the silver and gold that he was blessed with he took that and I'll show you where he was blessed with that when he was blessed with that he took that to secure to secure himself to secure Judah he went to another king and he enlisted help to secure help King Asa he puts Ben-Hadad the king of Syria in the role of his uh he puts him in a in the role of one that can secure him the victory instead of God himself right so when he reminds him of their covenant he forsakes his own covenant with the Lord when he goes to the king of Syria he forsakes he puts aside his own covenant with the Lord God. Stay with me. We're going somewhere. I'm going to tell you the title in a minute. There is a need that requires fulfillment. And the question here is, who is more apt at meeting the need? Who is more apt at meeting the need? Or let's think of it this way. In present tense, there is a calling, an act, a provision, a way to be made, an open door that must be manifested. Who makes provision for it? Think about these questions. Who is making provision for that role, that open door that's needed, that provision, that protection, that need? Is it man or is it God? Is it man or is it God? While the answer may seem simple, the choices made can complicate or delay the manifestation for the covenant breaker. We're talking tonight about the covenant breaker, the covenant breaker. That's where we're going tonight. Circumstances and their situations that surround us can thrust us forward 
or they can shoot us backwards when we don't understand covenant, when we don't recognize covenant, when we don't respect covenant, when we don't protect covenant. What we're going to find out is just because a need is met, or something works to our benefit, or a door is open uh, through an agreement that we make, that we make. And the key here is that we make. It does not make it the covenant of God. It does not make it the covenant of God. You see, while there are circumstances that are far beyond some of our control, there are circumstances that are not beyond our control. Our state of mind is within our control. Paul says it like this, with my mind, I serve him. I serve God in Romans 7, 25. However, the latter part of that scripture says, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. This sin tells us that there's a battle. There's always a battle ensuing, but there's not a battle when we understand covenant. When we understand covenant. So again, the question here is there is a calling, an act, a provision, a way to be made, an open door that must be manifested. We must be able to discern and see it. Who makes the provision for it? That's the question. Who makes the provision for that role, that open door that's needed, that provision, protection, that need? Is it man or or is it God? To answer that question, let's continue in Second Chronicles 16 and 4. Because we know so far that King Asa, he took from his home. So he took from his very own home and the house of the Lord. He took from the house of the Lord silver and gold. And he gave it to King Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, to withdraw his support. He wanted that king. Don't support King Basha, the king of Israel, who came out to fight against me. Instead, I want you to forsake that covenant. And I want and I'm going to forsake my covenant. And I want us to join together in a covenant and a natural covenant. And it worked right. And it worked. Did it? See, verse four tells us this. It says, and Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, he hearkened. He listened to King Asa and he sent the captains of his armies, the cities of Israel, and they smote Ijon and Dan and Abel-Mayam and all the store cities of Natalia. They went out and they tore everything down. They tore, they completely shredded the, the covenant that they had with Israel. Syria shredded the covenant that they had with Syria, with Syria. And it came to pass when Basha heard this, the king of Israel, when he heard this, he left off building Ramah. So when the, when, when, when Israel, the frontline soldiers begin to hear, wait a minute, we no longer have a covenant with our backup. We no longer have a covenant with our backup. They stopped. They stopped building up their supplies, building up the fort as it were, stopped preparing for war with, with Judah. So it worked, right? He got what he needed, right? Judah got what he needed. The war stopped, right? It ended, right? And it says, um, and back to verse five, and it came to pass that Basha, he heard it, the king of Israel, that he left off building for Ramah and he let his work 
cease. Then Asa, the king of Judah, he took all of Judah and they carried away the stones of Ramah and the timber thereof, wherewith Basha, the king of Israel was building. And he built therewith Geba and Mitzpah. So he went, the king of Judah, after he got Syria to break their covenant with Israel and to help them instead, he went and he took everything, took the people, took everything that Israel was setting up to war against them. And he went and he built up Geba and Mizpah. See, we see here there was nothing lost, but we also see where there was nothing gained. When God gave him victory in the past, there was spoil. There was spoil. And I told you earlier that I was going to explain to you where that gold and that silver came from that he sent to Syria and where it came from was second Chronicles 14. So let's go to second Chronicles 14 and let's talk about when the time came, when the, when the, when another area came up against Judah, when another country, when another state, when another city, when another, we'll take it all the way down to the people level, another person came up against the one that had the covenant of God, what happened, right? So in second Chronicles verse 14, I mean, uh, second Chronicles 14 verse 12, it says, so the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa because the, the Ethiopians came up against Asa. They, they came up against Judah. And, um, then when the Lord came and fought for him, when he had his covenant with the Lord, the Ethiopians fled. And verse 13 says, and Asa and the people that were with him, they pursued them to Gerar and the Ethiopians were overthrown that they could not before his host and they carried away very much spoil. So they didn't carry away the weapons of war or the materials of war as they did when they went, when they, when the Syrians helped them to, to put away um, Israel, when they wanted to fight them, they didn't carry away just simply materials of war or materials to rebuild, but they carry back spoil. They got extra with their covenant with God. Not only did they not have to fight because God fought for them, but they chased down the enemy and they carried away the word of God tells us very much spoil and keep on going here. Verse 14 says, and they smote all the cities round about Gerar for the fear of the Lord came upon the cities that they went to smoke and they spoiled all the cities for there was exceeding much spoil in them. So they smote also the tents of the cattle. They carried away sheep, camels in abundance, and they returned to Jerusalem with abundance because the Lord fought for them. But when Syria helped them, they only carried away materials to rebuild only materials. But the Bible tells us here that at one point when the Lord helped them, they had very much spoil. Oh no. And then they had exceeding much spoil when they stuck with the covenant of the Lord. See, when the covenant with God is kept, God always exceeds what is asked of him. When you keep your covenant with the Lord God, you can expect exceeding 
exceedingly above what you ask or what you even think. A clue that the covenant is broken or made in the flesh and not in the spirit is deficit. A covenant breaker can only walk away in deficit, in a deficit. What was attained by making or executing on that covenant? What did he gather? What did King King Asa, the king of Judah, gather when he made Syria break their covenant with Israel to help him? What did he get? What did he get? He surely didn't get exceeding. He surely didn't get above and beyond. See, covenants made in the natural only yield labor. They had to work to rebuild to the natural. It only created labor. Covenants made in the spirit yield benefits, spiritual benefits, which overflow to the natural. Let me say it like this. A natural covenant equals labor. Spiritual covenant equals overflow. Overflow. See, because everything that we do it, we do it in and of Christ. But when there's a natural covenant, we have to work it in the flesh. We have to work it in the natural. Let us go on to read the benefits of a natural covenant or a covenant made in the flesh, a covenant that's made in the flesh. Verse seven says, and at that time, Hanani the seer. Hanani the seer, see, cause he's about to reap, came and he met Asa. He met King Asa of Judah when he got back in after they got done uh, gathering what was left there the, to rebuild. He, he, he met them there. He was waiting on them. King Hanani, I mean, Hananiah the seer. And he said to him, because thou hast relied on the king of Syria and not relied on the Lord thy God. Therefore, the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. Were not, and then he had to remind him, he had to remind him, were not the Ethiopians and the Lubims a huge host He had to remind him of the size of the battles that God had previously fought for him. He said, were not the Ethiopians and the Lubims a huge host with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet, because thou didst not rely on the Lord, he, no, because thy did, I'm sorry, rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thy hand. He's referring to second Chronicles 14 that I read to you because you relied on the Lord. He gave you, he gave you these two countries. They were of many chariots. They were of many horsemen, but because you relied on the Lord, they were given to you. They were given to you. See second Chronicles 14. Let me remind you, it said in verse nine, and there came out against them, Zerah, the Ethiopian with a host of Thousand, thousand and three hundred chariots came unto Marishah. And verse 11 says, and Asa cried unto the Lord his God. What happened this time that he would take from the house of God and take from his own house and seek 
help in the natural, where in verse 14, he knew of the covenant that Judah had made with the Lord. So when a host came upon him, thousands upon thousands of chariots, thousands upon thousands of warriors, he cried unto the Lord. He cried unto the Lord, his God, verse 11 says, and the Lord said, it is, he said, this is what he said to the Lord. So he knew covenant. He knew the benefits of covenant. He said to the Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Oh my goodness. He said, Lord, there's nothing for you to help us, whether there's, whether many come against us or those with no power. So he knew that God could help him with Israel. But for some reason, he put aside, he put aside that covenant. And he said, there's, there's nothing for you to help us, whether there be many or with them or whether they have no power. He said, help us, O Lord, our God, for we rest in thee. We rest to see those who recognize covenant. They have peace. They rest with God. Covenant keepers, they can rest in the victory of God. Covenant keepers can rest in the victory that they know that they have with God. And he said, in your name, God, we go against the multitude. He said, why? Because, oh Lord, thou art our God. Covenant keepers understand relationship. They understand relationship. Let not man prevail against thee. Covenant keepers understand natural. They understand spiritual. They understand flesh. They understand spirit. And they know that natural man is no means by no means a competition for the spirit. That is the Lord God, Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, their natural man can't even compete so he knew no matter how many it are, how many of them come against us, no matter large or small, power or no power, you, Lord God, one you is greater than all of them. So the Lord, with, with his prayer, the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah. So right in front of his face was he became a witness of the power of God, covenant keepers understand the power of God. Covenant keepers understand the power, the power that is in the Lord God. They understand it. They understand how to call on it. They understand how to call on it. And verse 13 says, and Asa and the people that were with him, they pursued unto them. And I showed you this before and they were overthrown. So they had no fear. Covenant keepers are not fearful. They are not fearful because they understand relationship. They understand God's power. They understand God's power. Verse nine, and I'm going back to second Corinthians uh, 16 for the eyes of the Lord. Uh-huh. Why do they understand covenant? Because they know the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the entire, the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Covenant keepers, their heart is perfect toward the Lord God. 
There is, there is nothing that can come between their relationship with the Lord God, least of all fear that would cause them to reestablish a covenant in the flesh with a natural being, a natural being who has no power that can compare to the Lord God. No power that can compare to our savior, our deliverer, our king. Herein thou, herein thou has done foolishly. Therefore, from henceforth, this is Hananiah the seer talking, talking to the king of Judah, talking to King Asa. Herein thou has done foolishly. Therefore, from henceforth, thou shall have plural wars wars covenant breakers are always always having wars covenant breakers are always in a state of war pay attention when you are always in a battle you are always in a state of war always in a state of war Always somewhere down the line, you broke the covenant with the Lord God and you sought help in the natural, in the natural. So God has turned you over to wars. King Asa was turned over plural to wars because he sought help other than the Lord God and his covenant was with the Lord God. His covenant was with the Lord God, but he put that covenant aside. He put that covenant aside for King, for, for, uh, for Syria, for them to break there. So not only did he break his covenant, he called someone else to break their covenant to help them. This is the cycle of repetition, of breaking of relationships, of breaking of relationships. Covenant breakers not only break their relationship with the Lord God, but they break relationships of those that enter into covenant with them. Covenant breakers, I'm repeating, not only break their relationship with the Lord God, they break the covenant of those that enter into covenants with them. They break their covenants too. They break their covenants too. See, the scripture is a scripture that is read often, but not fully interpreted to mean covenant breaker or told as the Lord sees and awaits our covenant request. Only do not re-covenant as the consequences are more of the same. The consequences are more of the same. You don't enter into a covenant with a covenant breaker. You will only reap the same. You will only become a covenant breaker. You will only become a covenant breaker. So now the covenant breaker, because of their state, because they're in a state of wars, plural, now there's lack, now there's poverty, now there's abandonment. Why? Because when surrounded by the enemy that will not let anyone in or anyone out, remember in the beginning, the king of Israel, his goal 
was to surround Judah in a sense where nothing could get in and nothing could get out. And covenant breakers, when they, when they break the covenant with the Lord God, you are now in a state of war. You are now, as it were, at Rama. You are now at Rama. You are in a state of wars. There's always an enemy building up his supplies, his fort against you as a means of war, as a means of war. That enemy has a desire to let nothing in and nothing out. He's not going to let any help get into you. He's not going to let any, any of you to get out to get the help. Because now what he did now, we're going to talk about this in a few minutes. How, how was it? How was it? Like I, like I said, how was it that the king of Judah was able to get word out to Syria and not only get word out to get silver and gold out, to get financial aid out, to get, to get money out, basically to 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 bribe him to to break his covenant with the one that was trying to um lock him in and bind him in how is it that he was able to get the silver and the gold out to him how how is that that he was able to get the silver and gold out to Syria they he they had to get it all the way to Damascus you know he had to get it past Rama where the fort where the battle was was being built up to be waged against him. He had to get it out to the intent that he would let nothing come in and nothing come out. How is it that Judah was able? How is it that the king of Judah was able to get out the Lord's possessions and his very own out to Syria to get them to break the covenant with Israel? Let's talk about how in the beginning of the scriptures, one thing, a key word that they used in the beginning of the scriptures, when they talked about Israel coming against Judah, he said that um, Israel came up against Judah and he built up Rama to the intent that he might let none come in and he might let none come out into Judah. So his intent was to not let anything in and not let anything out. But somehow the king of Judah was able to get the silver and gold out of Judah to the intent, to the intent. So when I saw to the intent that told me that they were building with the intent of, of surrounding them, building with the intent of not letting them get out, but he still was able to get out. So I, I started to ask God that strategy. I said, what, what was his strategy? I mean, because he had to be, he had to be dead set on breaking that covenant with the Lord God, that he would gather the gold and the silver out of the house of God, and then gather the gold and the silver out of his own home, take that gold, Get the people together, get the gold and silver together, get it out of Rama. I mean, get it past Rama to Israel, get the word out that they needed help. Then those same people had to come back 
and did and make sure that they delivered the message that, you know, we did get to that king. And then they had to wait to see the results and see Israel start to break things down and basically make a run for it. What did he have? What did he have that made that gave him that that he had that he was able to do all this? He had time. He had time. There is always time to make the right or the wrong choice. There is always time. How do I notice the word of God tells us be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, make our requests known to God. And that same God, that same God, He's going to answer. I'm paraphrasing the scripture. The, the, that same God, he's going to hear us. He will hear us from heaven and he will answer and he will meet our needs. He will meet our needs. Covenant breakers act in anxiety. Covenant breakers act in anxiety. They don't take the time to process what happened before. So King Asa here, just in chapter 14, experienced the deliverance of God. He did experience not only God's deliverance, but he experienced God's supply. He experienced God's provision in abundance. He literally saw God work. But the panic, the anxiety for, that came to him when messengers were coming to him and telling him what was happening at Ramah, telling him the, of, the, of the forces that were, that were positioning themselves against him. When they were telling him of this, anxiety rose up and he lost the ability to process he lost the ability to remember relationship. Pressure, pressure will make you forget your first covenant. Pressure will make you. See, I'm not condemning you today. I'm trying to snatch you out of the fire of the enemy. I'm trying to snatch you because you're only one choice away from a bad decision that's going to break your eternal covenant with the Lord God. The world right now is surrounding us with pressure, pressure, pressure to make bad decisions, pressure to act in anxiety, pressure that will cause us to forget that our Lord God is far more, pro far more powerful than any human being, far more powerful than any army, far more powerful than thousands upon thousands of hosts that could come against us, far more powerful than any illness, far more powerful than any disease, far more powerful than any illness, far more powerful than attacks against our mind, far more powerful than the loss of any job, far more powerful than the loss of any vehicle, far more powerful. Our God is exceedingly great. Our God has resources that are beyond our comprehension, but the pressure, the pressure of loss, the pressure of death, the pressure is causing some to forsake their first covenant.
the pressure is causing us to lean to our own understanding rather than lean not to our own understanding. The pressure, the pressure, what we're dealing with in the world today is unlike anything in my lifetime that I have ever seen. There may be others that are older that can say, oh yes, I remember going living through a pandemic. I remember living through wars and and even rumors of wars. I remember living through that, but I not yet lived through that. Some of you listening to me, some of you writing to me, you've not yet lived through that. And the pressure the pressure is about to make you make a decision, a decision to break your first covenant. I'm here to snatch you and ask you, grab you, shake you and show you there's time. There's time to make the choice. There's time to make the choice of God. There's time to remember when he rescued you before. There's time to remember when he provided for you before. There is time to remember when you did not have a job but you ate good every day. There's time to remember God's provision for you. There's time to remember that God's thoughts of you are of good things. He has the plan, a plan for your life. And that plan is of good things. That plan is a plan to prosper you. That plan is a plan to establish you. There's time to remind you that there's an open door before you that no man can shut, that no man can surround you. No man can build a fort around you and place you in a position to be one of many wars. There's time, there's time, there's time. There's time for you to not give in to your anxiety. There's time for you to not give in to your pity. There's time for you to not give in to your sickness. There's time for you to yield to your healing. There's time for you to yield to the mindset that God has for you. There's time. There's time for you to make the choice of God. There's time. There's time. There's time. You don't have to act in anxiety. You don't have to act out of depression. You don't have to act out of sickness. You don't have to act out of cancer. It is not over. It is not over. The it is your life is not over. Your heart can still be renewed, renewed towards the promises of God. God's promises are still yes. They are still amen. There is still time for him to fulfill his promises, to fulfill what he said that he would do for you in your life. There is time. Don't allow anxiety to cause you to be a covenant breaker. Don't allow your securities to cause your insecurities to make you a covenant breaker. You don't have to enter into a relationship with another covenant breaker and set yourself up for wars, wars of poverty, wars of disability, wars of lack. You don't have to enter into or make a new covenant with a covenant breaker. 
God is calling you back to him. I know your eyes and anxiety might have considered a way that you yourself could have made for you yourself. But I promise you a way that you can make for yourself will only lead to destruction will only lead to wars, will only lead to lack, will only lead to things that are not of God. It will lead you away from the promises of God. There is still time. There is still time. Yes, Jesus is coming back. Yes, it is soon to come. Yes, he is going to part the skies and receive unto him his own. But today you have time to make a decision to walk and trust the covenant that you have made with the Lord God. For he has promised to never leave you. He's promised to never forsake you. Everything that you need is still in him. Everything that you are is still in God. Your heart can still is still perfected towards him. Your mind still serves him. Your eyes are still toward him. Your hope is still in him. Before you make a decision to be, to join with a covenant breaker, a covenant breaker, one who is manipulating, manipulating the natural people and the natural things and the natural to have what they believe that that protection that God, that they believe that God can't give them to have that security that they believe that God cannot give them before you leave to establish a yet another covenant with a covenant breaker. You have time. You have time today to make the right choice. You have time today to make the choice of God. Rama has not been fully built up against you. And even if it has, even if there's thousands upon thousands of enemies waiting to devour you, even if there's enemies surrounding you intending that this word will not get in and your repentance will not get out. I break that hole. Now I break the walls of Rama. I break that build up that would try to encompass you roundabout that you would feel that you in anxiety must make the choice of anxiousness and that choice that says I must recovenant with the natural. God is calling you to a level of repentance and calling your mind. I'm calling your mind into order into re and I'm refreshing it. I'm refreshing it towards the covenant that you have made with the Lord, your God. I'm refreshing your heart to the love that dwells in that relationship that you have with, with the Lord, our God. I'm refreshing, I'm refreshing your ear gate so that you can hear 
so that you can hear the Lord's direction, your eyes, so that you can see him guiding your footsteps in the covenant with the Lord God, our Lord God. You don't need another covenant, least of all a human being. You don't need the covenant of, of one in the natural. You don't need the covenant of one that is going to try and keep the, the life saving, the life giving word of God from getting to you and you from getting to it. You don't need the covenant of a man that is going to give you limited supply when you have the covenant of a God that gives you supply that you can't measure. You don't need the covenant of a man or a woman that is promising you the platform. You don't need that covenant when God has established before us now a great platform where we can reach the world. You don't need the limited, the limited platform of a building when you now can reach the world. When you now can reach the world, why would you settle? I tell you why anxiety is driving you. Anxiety is making your decisions. Anxiety is thrusting you towards the natural. Anxiety is talking for you. Anxiety is speaking for you. But I break, I break, I break anxiety's hold now. I break, I break, I cover your ear gates with the blood of Jesus Christ. I open your eyes. I call your eyes to be open that you would no longer see through anxiety, but you would see through the spirit of the Holy Ghost, the one who guides the one who instructs, the one who teaches. Mm, yes, 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 yes. Come on. Anxiety is breaking on you right now. Anxiety will never, will no longer hold you to natural covenants. Come on, type that in. Anxiety will no longer hold me to natural covenants. For I have an eternal, I have an eternal covenant with the Lord God. Come on, type that in. I have an eternal covenant with the Lord, my God. I have an eternal covenant with the Lord, my deliverer. I have an eternal covenant with the Lord God, my provider. I have an eternal covenant. So I don't have to, I don't have to fear when the enemy tries to surround me round, round about and keep me and as if he could keep me. As if, as if him surrounding me can keep me from the covenant that I have. That as if him surrounding me can come between the covenant that I have with my Lord and Savior. For the enemy cannot break my relationship with the Lord and Savior. Only I can do that if I let anxiety drive. And I choose not to let anxiety drive, drive because I have time. I have time. I'm not going to act in anxiety. I have time. I have time to choose the Lord God. I have time to think on his provisions. I have time to think on his greatness. I have time to think on his love toward me. I have time to think of, think on his purpose for my life. I have time to think, to, to hear him when he whispers his promises in my ear. I have time to hear, to, to hear him, to see him when he calls me to the north and, and when he calls me to speak his oracles to me. I have time. 
I have time. Don't let the enemy. I won't let the enemy cause me to act in anxiety. I won't let the enemy cause me to act in, in the natural as if the flesh can protect me, as if the flesh can do something for me that the Lord, my God cannot do. I will not allow. I will not allow. I will not allow the enemy. I will not allow the enemy to cause me to act outside of the relationship that I have with the Lord God. I will not, I will not allow my eyes to, 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 to see, to see God through anxiety, but I caused my eyes now. I speak to my eyes and I cause my eyes to see God clarity, clearly. And I cause my eyes to see now through covenant, through true covenant relationship, through my eternal covenant with the Lord God. I cause my mind to make decisions through the eternal covenant that I have with God. I cause my heart, I cause my heart. Come on, because out of the abundance of the mouth, out of the heart, my mouth speaks. So now, because my heart is aligned with my covenant relationship with the Lord God, my mouth now only speaks the covenant relationship of God. Things that are in the covenant relationship of God and the things that are in the covenant relationship of God. I have promises that are yea and amen. I have provision that all I have to do is but ask God and he will meet all my needs according to his riches and glory and I can't even count the riches and glory why because my eyes my eyes my eyes they haven't seen they haven't seen my ears they haven't heard of the great things yet that God has in store for me I can't even comprehend all that God has for me and this eternal relationship, this eternal covenant that I have with him so I won't let go of his unchanging hand I won't, I won't change and I won't let go of his unchanging hand. My unchanging hand will hold on to the unchanging hand of God. Uh-huh. My, my, my uplifted hands will worship my unchanging God. My, my lips will, will speak of the presence of the, the, the perfected presence of the covenant relationship I have with my Lord, my Savior, my God. And no man, no man, no man will come between the relationship, the covenant that I have with my Lord Jesus Christ. No man, no man. Let the enemy come surround me round about. I know a higher power. I know a higher power in the Lord Jesus Christ who will rescue me from the hand of the enemy, from the works of the enemy, from the war of the enemy, from the strategies of the enemy. My God has a greater strategy. My God has a greater strategy. My weapons, my weapons, the weapons of my warfare, they're not carnal. There's nothing carnal that can help me. There's nothing carnal that can help me. My weapons, my weapons, they're spiritual and they come from God and they win every battle. My weapons, they win every battle, every battle. God, I thank you. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you today. We thank you, oh God, for the covenant relationship that we have with you. We thank you, oh God, 
for our relationship with you, our rescuer, our savior, our divine deliverer, our one who stands up against our enemies, against our foes. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord, our God, you raise the standard each and every time you raise the standard. When anxiety comes against my mind and tries to make me make a decision in haste, you, oh God, you come in and you raise up a standard each and every time. And for that, I give you thanks for that. I give you glory. You're the Lord God. You're the Lord God. And I exalt you today, God. I exalt you today, God. You said, if you be lifted up, that you would draw all men unto you, oh God. So I lift you up, oh God. I lift you up, oh God. Draw all men unto you. I cause my voice to go out throughout the world, throughout the world, God. And I cause you to be lifted high. Oh, Lord God, draw all men unto you, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord God. Let your perfect work be made manifest, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Let your perfect work be made manifest in your people. Cause your covenant, God, in the name of Jesus, to stand up in your people, in the name of Jesus. Help us to see you through your covenant help us to hear through our covenant with you help us to see through our covenant with you help us to discern through our covenant with you cause us to speak through our covenant with you cause us to comprehend this world this situation these circumstances through our covenant with you for you are an all-wise all-knowing God and you have it all under control no matter what the enemy does and he tries to build the fortress around us. You, oh God, are our Savior. You are our help in the time of trouble. We will not allow anxiety, oh God, to cause us to forsake our first covenant with you. Our first covenant with you. God, God, seal it. Seal it in the hearts and the minds of your people today, God. In the name of Jesus, make us your people. And you be our God. You be our covenant. Our only covenant relationship, God. For we long for you. We reach for you, God. Our help in times of trouble, oh God. We have nowhere to go. Our eyes are are fixed on you. Our eyes are fixed on on you we look not to the left we look not to the right but we fix our eyes on you like a flint because you oh god are our rock you are our strong tower you are a strong tower and we give you glory our covenant God our covenant relationship we give you glory we will not forsake our covenant relationship with you all of our days all of our days you will be our God all of our days you will be our Lord all of our days you will be our deliverer we give you glory we give you honor Lord our Savior we bless your holy name we bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. We give you glory. Thank you for joining me on this evening. Thank you for joining me on this evening. 
please visit my website at uh, www.marieelizabeth.org where there are materials there for your spiritual growth. Um, Also, if this podcast has blessed you, if you would like to donate to this podcast, I am Cash App Marie Kenyon. I am Marie Kenyon on PayPal. I thank you for everything that how you bless this podcast, how you how you receive this word, and I ask you just share even when you for those of you who are re-listening, share this podcast, share this with 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 friends and family. I look forward to seeing you on next week. God bless you and God keep you. That's my prayer. God bless you and God keep you. That's my prayer. Amen. Have a good evening. Have a good evening.